From Baltimore, Maryland, this is The Stoop Sessions, a One Hope podcast. Join us for conversations about ministry on The Stoop. Learn more about our work at www.onehope.gives. All I have in my head is, let's talk about church, but that's, oh, that's not a good tune. <laughs> that's, <not a> <laughs> that's, no, that's good. Yeah. I don't know. So, the real that? ones will know, but it's not so, good. That's Salt and Pepper. That's chapter good. six, whenever Joel does marriage counseling. That's good. He starts off with a tune, but we can't start off and that way. Here's, here's the here's the salt on the podcast. Welcome yeah, back sorry. to the Sorry, Romans 12, 1 to 2. I'm trying to be renewed. I really am. Let's talk about church. Let's talk about church. So we're talking about personal evangelism, and we are have connected a personal evangelism with the church because we're not just like Lone Ranger Christians doing sure. our own thing, uh, but we involve the church in our evangelistic connections. And today, what we're going to talk about is church confirmation. And confirmation. What we mean by that? Yeah. yeah what we mean? Are by we that? like Lutheran? Yeah. Um, no, well, we're not. Yes, we're not. Yes, we're not. <laughs> we're Baptist, but we appreciate Luther. Right. That's right. We do. Welcome back to the Stoop Sessions. My name is Joel Kurz. I'm Stephanie Greer, and I'm Eric Hill. And Stephanie has not taken her medication today. <laughs> no, so this not is a medication quite- or a nap. <laughs> <laughs> so it's wild, Lord. Well, they say where many words are are, mm. are near, sin is present. But I'm gonna. We've already prayed for discernment, yeah. so let's let's keep it about you know, the conversation what, today. What people want to know that listen to this is that we typically record this around 4:27 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> when all of our minds are starting to shut down. Right. And Stephanie has already said, "quote What's my name?" about four <laughs> times. It's true. And I'm like Stephanie. Think of a different phrase, such as. <laughs> Hmm. What's next? Or yeah, I don't know what to do. Or what's next, Joel? And that's it's it's what's my name reorients me to a question where I have the answer, and then I get to build my my framework from something that I know. So I should see my face every time I hear you say "What's my name?" and I look back and I'm like, (laughs) "She right?" (laughs) He does look over the cubicle and he just blinks. But I I don't know what my name is. I forget my name. I forget my name, which is really scary. But let's let's talk about the church. Something about knowing something and building our framework from that. So that's what we're talking about. Corporate church. Yeah. How we think through evangelism. What's our foundation and what what's what's the framework for today? Yeah, and I think this this to me kind of wraps up the evangelism emphasis because as as I'm working with somebody, we want to get to the place where the church is together confirming that this individual is regenerate and says, Hey, you know, we think that you're a Christian and then brings them in and baptizes them. And, uh, then we begin the rest, you know, the rest of the, with the rest of the great commission, which is teaching them all things. right? Right. Right. As our buddy PJ says, gospelizing them <laughs> continues yeah. right. as we walk together. But anyway, what's our process? Let's just start with this. What's our process as a church in confirming somebody's profession of faith? Yeah, so assuming that they um, have already been through maybe like a Christianity explain or something like that, um, the first step would be basics class, right? Because we want them to become members of a church because like you said earlier, you know, it's, we're not like lone rangers. Like once you get saved, yeah. praise God for that, amen. But now, 
you know, you have to join yourself to a local church where you can be shepherded. And let's nearby. just just in case somebody is pushing back, like let's just do a quick, you know, twenty seconds on why membership at a local church. Why does that matter? Mm. I think the first thing I think there is, I mean, being part of the body. For me, I think of Ephesians five and what Christ, I mean, is coming back for the church. Yeah. So that that already brings a question in my head, like, right. okay, coming for his bride. But then I also think of Matthew, I mean, mm-hmm. teaching them, baptizing yeah. them, that they would believe and know what, yeah, and to whom, yeah. what assembly, what, how's that work? So I guess it's like, in our generation now, we kind of back, we push back against like structured things, but it just looks like it makes sense because it's in yeah. the scripture pretty plainly i i believe yeah and i think um so the bible teaches us that you know once we're saved um you know we enter into a covenant with god but also we're in covenant with uh other people that god has saved so other brothers and sisters mm-hmm. in the faith and we see that played out uh in the local church absolutely yeah the bible calls us to to be committed to each other we've got one another's all through scripture mm-hmm. we're called to obey our leaders yeah uh, we're called to not forsake the assembly. What assembly? What, who, what leaders? Who? You know. Right. And when Even you begin to answer 13. those, yeah, That's right. yeah. When you begin to answer those questions, what you realize is I have to have some kind of committed submission to a group of actual flesh and blood Christians, not like an online thing, not a TV thing, mm-hmm. not a whenever I get together for a cup of coffee yeah. or some right. food or a beer, yeah. yeah. But rather a an, a submission to where first Corinthians five, you can be put out of. That's right. So if you can't, you know, like I might have, like, for instance, I've got my Thursday morning group Mm -hmm. of guys that I meet with. Well, that group is not necessarily going to quote, put me out. Right. You you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have any kind of like Mm -hmm. particular commitment to that group and submission to that group mm-hmm. and leadership within that group. And we're not taking the Lord's Supper together. Now, right. Right. all of those guys happen to be members of our church, but you get what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. if that was mm-hmm. all I had, that would not be a church, nor would it be commitment to the local body. Yeah, that's right. In a real biblical kind of sense. Yeah. Now, a, that doesn't say a church has to be a certain size. It could right. be a small, you know, five or six people meeting in a living room. With two or three gathered. Absolutely. In his right. name. Uh, that's that can constitute a church, yeah. So uh, you had mentioned basics class. Basics class. So and what for is us, that? I guess yeah. What is basics I class? I feel like we're, we're, we love. Does that stand for anything, or it's just literally? It stands, it stands for, for Bible. You serious? Indiv- individual. It's a I, no it's man. A sanctification. <laughs> okay, we getting back. We're back. Irresistible. Right. So class. basics class. Basic. Supplication. So what's that look like? <laughs> So it's it's uh it's just like an introduction mm-hmm. kind of like to to our church. So if you're listening, your church might call it something different. It's just but, a membership class. Yeah, just a membership class. Yeah. So during that class, uh, you know, uh people will get to know um about us as a church, what we believe. Um they'll learn like the church covenant, and they'll learn um, you know, like why church membership matters and just some different like distinctives um at our church. So yeah, that's like the first step, the basic class. And then after they finish this membership class, basics class, then we follow up. One of the elders will follow up with them. If uh, they're still interested in you know, pursuing. pursuing membership, one of the elders will follow up, um, have an interview with them uh, to see, one, if they're, they're a Christian. You know, we want to hear that testimony um, because before we bring anybody into membership, we want to make sure that 
the church, we can feel comfortable with mm-hmm. putting our stamp on them, with mm-hmm. confirming their profession of faith. Yeah. yeah. I think what's interesting, too, is when you guys, when the elders meet with someone, they're also meeting with someone with a member there too, which just speaks of exactly uh, already. It's the church's involvement in affirming. That's right. This, that's right. This yeah. So I brought you in, uh, yeah. particularly if I'm going to uh, be doing a membership interview interview with a female, mm-hmm. yeah. I'll bring you in. I'll bring Aisha and somebody in the office. Marla, I brought Jody yeah. in one time. Yeah. yeah. Other members. And it's every yeah. member really. There's yeah. not a sense of exclusivity to it. It's yeah. just like, hey, we we take this seriously. Yeah. Um, we want to both do that. What like to encourage, but to also what we talked about in personal evangelism too, like clarify give meaning to some individuals that share their testimony come to find out maybe i actually don't have a testimony maybe i'm not sure that i truly believe so i just i I do love that aspect of being involved as a church member when we're asking somebody for their story of how they became a christian their understanding of the gospel that does become low-hanging fruit yeah we've seen so much i mean we've already Mm -hmm. talked about that yeah if churches if pastors don't do that it's just such a great place to start. It's to just it is. everybody that's coming in, do a one-on-one with them. That's right. And what you're going to discover is that a lot of folks that think they're Christians aren't. I was just about to and, say that. And maybe they actually don't think they are, but they've just right. been fronting it the whole time. Yeah. Because mm. there's been times where, like, doing a testimony, someone would, um, like, just after listening to that testimony, it was just like, uh, I'm not really sure this person mm-hmm. is a Christian. And then you ask them to, you know, to... Um, for their understanding of the gospel, and they're just kind of like all over the place. Mm-hmm. But like right in that moment, there's been times where I've been able like to share the gospel, and you too as well, Joe. And yeah. it's mm-hmm. like you see like well what what they once understood or like about the gospel about God, mm-hmm. like it was totally wrong. But yeah. in that moment, they seeing it with clarity. Yeah, they hearing it with clarity, and it's just like oh, and you it see like the light. Yeah, just like go on, mm-hmm. just like that. Yep. So. So in a membership interview, we will uh, ask for basic information, mm-hmm. where they live, phone number, yep. um, kids, marriage, uh, have they been divorced? Yep. Uh, and, th- and that's because we just want to kind of get to know their story. And if exactly. there's been a divorce, like, I'll, uh, we'll typically ask, like, just briefly tell us about it. You know, it can be painful yeah. at times, so you want to be compassionate. Yep. But, um, you know, it, there's there could be a situation where somebody's, had an unbiblical divorce, and that needs to be addressed in mm-hmm. some fashion. We'll ask for their understanding of the gospel, yeah, um, and then uh, their their testimony, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then other hot button issues, you know, uh, homosexuality, yeah, uh, conversation uh, issues of ethnicity and unity and yeah, things of that nature. Um, but one thing I'll say too, too though, that I found helpful with the membership interview process is. If one elder in particular has been kind of the the key point person in yeah. leading this person to Christ, we'll often assign that person to a different elder. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, to just right. get a little different perspective. Then um, we would bring it before the elders, and um, we would discuss their case. And then, if the elders are in agreement, we would recommend it to the church because we believe that the church has to make the that final stamp of approval before we actually vote to bring somebody in that's right yeah yep so yeah. we're congregational here we are congregational yeah <laughs> i was right. gonna say before that there is also a on the interview question just on baptism right where that's a i mean i think that's a pretty big deal uh to oh, us and we've had members that are contingent upon membership mm-hmm. after baptism yeah um right. and so i guess why is that important 
there's so many different rebuttals, you know, like is baptism the requirement to joining a local church? Why? Yes. Okay. Well, you answered that really quickly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, job. all right, let's talk about baptism and membership then. Uh, at our church, we will, like you guys have already said, we will vote as a congregation first and then baptize. That's right. If assuming they haven't been baptized, assuming they haven't, yeah, I'm thinking right. new believers, yeah, yeah. right? Okay, yeah. I'm thinking new. If that's they've right. been baptized, yeah, that's right. In a gospel preaching church, one yep. baptism. <laughs> so yeah, uh, let's say that they're new believer, and we're, we want to baptize them. So the elders are like, hey. We think that this is a credible profession of faith. We go forward with it. We recommend to the church at a members meeting, we want to bring this person in. Here's their testimony. That's right. We have yet to baptize them. We want the church to affirm That's right. this credible profession of faith. That's right. And then we baptize. Mm. Why is that? Uh, say that question it's, again. It's now 439. Yeah. No, go ahead. Um, Say that question. No, no, no. Our One brains more time. are turning. No, no, man. Go on. Come on, man. Come on. Can Say I just give again. you the answer? Go ahead. Why, why, why affirm first and then baptize? We're saying that there's evidence of, of gospel fruit in their lives. Yeah. And so baptism is a natural progression right. yeah. of obedience towards the Lord. That's right. Uh, here's my quick. Let case. me say that again without sounding like I'm doubting it. No, I actually believe that. Yeah. Just well, some it's... things are so simple. You're like, there's no way this could be the answer. <laughs> right. But you're like, wait, Christians get saved. They proclaim yeah. that they share their testimony, and there should be fruit, yeah. also yeah. scriptural, and baptism is a sign of obedience. Sure. And in its simplest terms, we want to put that that confirmation of the individual's profession of faith into the hands of God's people. That's right. AKA, let's bring them to the congregation first and then baptize them, as opposed to just the elders making the decision on who we baptize. And then it's kind of like retroactively saying, hey, church, we just baptized them last week. Are right. you okay bringing them right. as a member? Yeah. Which, okay, yeah. is so different from other... Um, it's not like a bachelor on a church, but here's the thing. Sometimes people are like... There's a profession of faith. Let's baptism. Let's baptize right now, immediately. Um, or yeah. they bring up Philip, the, the mm, evangelist. Yeah. So, wh- how do we like think through that? Saying, "Oh, are you halting? Wait, we're not. We're not going to affirm you right. as a member before we do." So, this. I do think that we should not delay unnecessarily. the The issue with Philip is is that there was no church. That's right. That's um, he's baptizing. Yeah, it's a missionary baptism. Yeah. Baptizing the <clears throat> Ethiopian eunuch. And so certainly, I mean, I think the the Bible allows for missionary baptisms yeah. and allows for somebody to go into a context where there isn't a local church, uh, proclaim the gospel. Yeah. There was a, a clear, credible profession of faith by the eunuch, and he baptized him. You know, so it's not sinful to do that. It's right yeah, yeah. to do that in those contexts. But what we see is, I think, as as the church uh, forms, that's right throughout the Book of Acts, and then as we see it played out in the epistles, is that the saints actually actually have a sense of responsibility over who belongs to them. And we could take it back to Matthew 16. Jesus founds the church That's right. in Matthew 16. He gives the keys of the kingdom, not to Peter the man, but the proclamation of That's what right. Peter just said, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right? That's right. So he gives the authority to that ecclesia, that, he, that assembly that he founds. Right. And then he With gives- With his own blood. With his own blood. Right. And then he gives them some kind of power. Jonathan Lehman has 
been very influential in my own life in seeing this connection, so I just got to give a shout out here. But mm -hmm. we see those keys exercised in Matthew 18. That binding and loosing is, is again, referred to. Right. You know, so Matthew 18 is a famous passage on how do we deal with the brother or sister in sin? We go to them individually. We go with a small group. We take them before the church. The ecclesia, who has right. the keys of the kingdom, they are the ones that determine whether or not this person represents Jesus on earth or whether or not we should treat them as a, as a sinner, as a tax collector. Right. And that's where then he also says, where two or three are gathered, right. in my name, I'm present. And I think that, that that's so often wrongly misunderstood yeah. to be just any two or three Christians. Yeah. That's right. But, but really what he's saying is, is this is like an, the assembly I we're talking this. about. I affirm this decision. Yeah. You, you're making this underneath. We're gathering as yep. the assembly. It takes at least two or three yeah. to form a church. Yes. More than right. one. We gather in the name of Christ. Now, if we skip forward to Matthew 28, what do we see? You're baptized right. yep. into the name of, you know, and so we're talking about the quote unquote in the name of community. It's a an assembly. Mm -hmm that uh, displays who Jesus is, you're then baptized yeah. into that uh, physical assembly, physical right. baptism into the physical assembly. And who is it that has the keys? It's not the elders mm. it's the church. or the disciplinary board, yeah. it's the church, yeah. It really just makes sense though when you think about it, like baptism being connected with membership. So if you think about what baptism pitches, which we said is you know that this person is now believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, now in a part of God's family, but then where do we see God's family? Like in the local church. Mm. That's like his body. It's an expression of his body. So it would just make sense for this individual to be baptized, bring him in, be a part of the church. And then it also, on the reverse, it makes sense that if 1 Corinthians 5, if the church is responsible to remove a professing brother or sister yeah. when they no longer give a credible profession of faith... It only makes sense That's right. that they're responsible to determine yeah. who is it that, exactly. you know, a.k.a. Who, who are we baptizing. Yeah. So uh, there you have it, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> Still remember I, your name, Steph? really for me, most days. <laughs> I also want to point out uh, Roland Allen's book, Missionary Methods. This was written in 1962 mm. and uh, written by a, a missionary who is really pushing back against some real bad practices that he saw on the mission field. And he's a Church of England guy, Anglican. Uh, what's interesting to me, when I was reading this on page 157 of Missionary Methods, he says, no convert should be admitted by baptism into the body without the approval of the body as a body. If a man wishes to be baptized, he must be accepted by the congregation. I find that interesting because, you know, he's Church of England, so he's not even a right. congregationalist. But mm. I'm like, look at that so, congregationalism. He might be. Right. He I mean, he know. is a congregationalist, clearly. <laughs> you know, and uh, and I think he, he gets congregationalism better than some congregational, congregationalists do. <laughs> because say, yeah. the problem is, is like, you get, you get so many churches who are just like, as soon as somebody prays the prayer or they make some kind of profession of yeah. faith... We, they they so quickly just like dunk them, 
and they've they've dunked fifty people in the last year. Yeah. yeah. And they've grown five mm. in new membership. And you're like, wait a second. Gone. Where are the other forty right. five? And yeah. gone and not necessarily joined another local church. That's no. right. That's it. No. So gone. Yeah. We haven't seen an evidence of any fruit. We don't know if they have any desire for discipleship. Yeah. That's right. It, it's it's it can be a really dangerous thing. Yeah, it's just uh you're you're baptizing them into apostasy. Mm. Man. And, you know, I had a pastor, a friend of mine, oh, who heavy. jokingly was like, you know, man, every time we baptize somebody, it's like they don't come back. And that's kind of like the running joke in our church. And I'm like, that's not really funny. Like, if you really believe in membership, if you really believe in, right. forget all that. If you really yeah. truly believe in, yeah. hey, this is a sign of obedience, it becomes a whole other conversation to say, Wow, the people that we are saying this is a sign of your obedience yes. actually from that moment on turn and yeah. follow the world. So then yeah. you're like, so then who did we baptize? And then here's here's a rebuttal that I've got with some some church planner types is or 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 pastors is well um what if you know they've made a profession of faith, but I don't think they're mature enough to become a member of the church. Mm. And I'm like well, clearly something's off. Either your yeah. bar is way too high for membership, right? You know, higher than the Bible puts it to mm. submit to this church, or um, you know, you, they don't have a credible profession of faith. You know, they're they're yeah. living in some kind of ongoing sin That's right. pattern. They haven't repent. They haven't turned from their sins. And so I'm like, at that point, it's like, why are you baptizing them? Because right. it's a it's a false it's it's a false profession of faith to say. Um, you know, I'm dying to myself That's and right. I'm raised to life in this new community, yet I'm not walking away exactly. from my former life and joining mm -hmm. this new community. Yeah. But I think a lot of churches maybe don't have clarity on what elders actually do mm -hmm. and what the role of the congregation actually does. It's not an episode on congregational. There's more else would have Jonathan Lehman here. But real talk. <laughs> we don't need Lehman. We just need the Bible. We just need the Bible. Right. For congregationalism. Right. Bible's open. You're right. He's just the first person that coined that word for me. <laughs> Before I was saved, I grew up in yeah, yeah. messes of churches. But then after I got saved, they were just elder world. I remember when you first came to the garden, actually, Lehman's name came up. And you called him Jonathan the Keys Lehman. The keys, oh, the wow. keys. Am I allowed to say that? I say that and I rap in my head every time it comes around. Anyway. And that's why I pause when, when I look at you, Jonathan. Now you know, but you don't listen to this, so you'll be fine. But no, no, really, real talk. So the elders teach. The members are equipped and we do the work. You equip us to do the work. Sure. So I, I, just pro I just did not think that was the role of a church member. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think when we talk about affirming what happens with someone who says, I, I'm a believer. I think, I, I know I believe this. Jesus died for my sins. I want to follow him forever. And then, you know, the elders go ahead and make this recommendation. And we say, yes, we affirm this. And then they make a sub-baptism. I just didn't think that was an involvement. It's something that I needed to be involved in mm. growing up in elder world yeah. churches. I just thought, oh, well, I guess if the elders say it's okay. Then I guess it's fine. And then the problem with that is um, I didn't feel like I needed to pursue that person either. I didn't feel like they were yeah. involved in the one another's. Because I wasn't a even sense involved. Right. Well, yeah, I wasn't even involved in yeah. any process of their right hand of fellowship. I had no, uh, it, they just really was a name added to the role. Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't think that that was their intention. However, that's how I processed mm -hmm. that. And so I think um, recognizing, wow, I need to be alert, ask questions, pray care about this mm -hmm. at our members meetings which are not fancy that's that's where we do 
these discussions. It's not happening right. like just down a church <laughs> service. It's during members meetings. And so I'm like actively saying, okay, uh, Eric is bringing this person up. Okay, let me pay attention because this actually matters. Yeah. I'm, I hope this person is going to be looking for fruit and encouragement in my life. And I, I, I'm called Likewise. to do the same. That's right. So it's just changed my mind about um, ownership of being a member in that, yep. in that sense. And so that's why I'm like, oh, that's why we affirm that. So I would say we don't want to delay in any way that's going to frustrate somebody. Um, what we're looking for is a credible profession of faith. So as soon as we see that credible profession of faith, you know, we yeah. baptize them, bring, bring them into the church. But let's just talk about that real briefly. This is uh, your sermon, bro. <laughs> right. It is. That's right. Trying to tie it together. So no, credible profession, um, really, so we, we look at, we listen for that testimony, right? We want to make sure... That as we, you know, we're listening to that testimony that this person uh, that we're about to bring in is a Christian. So we want to hear how, you know, they became a Christian, you know, when that occur. We want to get their understanding of the gospel because in order for somebody to be a Christian, right, they have to believe in the good news of Jesus. So it's already a red flag if, you know, if you're not really understanding uh, the gospel, which we're called to believe. We only have one message. Yeah. And if you, you know, you struggle to kind of believe that, if you your understanding of it is kind of, you know, not so clear, then that would be, you know, cause for concern. And we also, like, look, we, you know, we, as we listening to the testimony, we're listening, like, for, for fruit. Like, mm-hmm. this person, does they have, like, you know, um, evidence of repentance yeah. in their life? Whatever sin that they were struggling with, do we see... You know, do we do we hear evidence of them like turning from that sin and fighting mm-hmm. against that sin? Uh, is there some clear, blatant sin that yeah. would uh, immediately lead them into a, a situation of church discipline? Why would we uh, baptize somebody, bring them in, if yeah. we would immediately the next day say, "Okay, now we're moving into a situation of church discipline" because yeah. you don't exactly. actually have a credible profession of faith? Yeah. No remorse for no godly remorse for sin. Yep. So. Um, being ruled maybe by worldly guilt, like, ooh, that felt bad, but not really grieve that it could actually, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that would actually grieve the Lord. Yeah, and sometimes it's it's tricky, and this is where a plurality of elders is mm-hmm. such yeah. a blessing to be able to talk through yeah. uh, people's particular situations. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, is this a... Um, is this a clear issue of unrepentant sin, or is this just a messy life? Yeah that uh, we need to walk with slowly and with yeah. patience. And sometimes, like, we can go through all the steps, and sometimes we might get it wrong. Mm. Right. Like it, you know, like... Right, we, which we do. Yeah, we, we, we have sometimes. And, you know, at the end of the day, God knows who belongs to him. Yeah. Whereas, you know, it's kind of easy to, to fool man. You know, we're not God, but at the end of the day, he does know who belongs to him. And... As time goes on, I think um, it becomes apparent. Another reason, like, why we talk about the church is because when one um, runs away from the Lord, let's say there's a, a season of that, um, where are they restored back to, right? Yeah, yeah. The first Corinthians right. 5. Like, who who did he get restored back to? I mean, hopefully relationally, but right. Paul's saying, bring him bring back, back, right? Yep. He's tasted of a life of running after what um, Satan can um, give, and now he's trusted restore him, right. etc. So it's like 
where would he come to? It's not just hear all these things so that you have all your ducks in a row. It's also saying, hey, we also want to be somewhere that you can be restored back to. Hopefully you never stray, but should you? That's right. We'll be open. We'll be uh, waiting with open arms. That's right. So what do we say if someone seems to make a profession of faith yet fails to connect with the church? How should we think of that person? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think of the, you know, the situation where somebody has like, I don't know, a grown child is 25, 30 years old. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know they're a Christian. They made a profession of faith, but they're not part of a church. You know, they're, they're disconnected. Um, but they have complete confidence that no, 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 I know they're a Christian. Mm. I know they're a Christian, you know, to where my thought is my initial thought. Anytime I have those kind of, kind of conversations is how do you know that they're a Christian? Because they, you know, I mean, the devil would say that Jesus is the Messiah. That's right. Yeah, yep. it's not the affirmation. He just doesn't obey him. Right, right. And if if the church-centered life is so central to the New Testament, and if, I mean, there's a, like Hebrews 10.25, clearest, like, do not forsake the assembly. Uh, you know, it's just such a blatant yeah. sin to yeah. say, I'm actually going to not gather with God's people and not care about all of these one another's and all of this submission and all of this the, mm. this authority yeah. that I'm called to place myself under, uh, it's a it's a clear sign of willful rebellion. And so I would just say this: that the person who has has yet to follow through with baptism or has yet to join a local church or has disconnected. Yeah, we should just be like concerned for that person, yeah. and uh, I'm thinking of them in an evangelistic kind yeah, of way. Still, loving, yeah, yeah. That's right. I, I think that's the distinction. Is like I'm asking questions. I really want to get to the heart of it. I know that there are lots of layers that might go into it, but um, I think I want I want to know why. <laughs> you know, this isn't this isn't good, and why? Can, can I give a warning to that individual? Yeah, I, I, now I'm scared, but no, it's I, a yes. quote. I can't remember where I got it from, but it says, "If you neglect to worship with God's people in this life." How can you expect to worship with his people in the next life? Mm. Mm. If Christ loves the bride and Christ Mm. died for the bride and all of the New Testament is about the bride. Yeah. Yeah. Being prepared Mm. for that return. Um, Yeah. Be be part of be part of the bride. And also as people who, you know, I'm assuming that people that are listening to this maybe are members of a church, as you're doing your personal evangelism, really see through all the way to the point of baptism. That's right. Mm-hmm. And local church, you know, it might yeah. not be your church, but That's connect right. them with Some the body, church. teaching them all things that I've commanded for the rest of their life as they That's grow right. in Christ. Thanks for listening to the Stoop Sessions. Be sure to catch us next time. As One Hope exists to build healthy churches in the inner city, check us out and connect at www.onehope.gives.